Hey, Joseph. Hey, Crystal. I've been feeling a little hectic and disordered lately. Do you think there's something we could do about that? Funny you should mention it. We have on the line a wife, mother, author, strategist, and business coach who addresses that very topic. Her name is Lisa Canning. Listen in to find out more. Welcome to A Word from Our Outpost with Joseph and Crystal Gruber, a podcast for Catholic disciples who are wrestling to be missionary-minded in their normal, everyday lives. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Direct, O Lord, our actions by thy holy inspiration, and carry them on by thy gracious assistance, that every word and work of ours may begin in thee, and by thee be happily ended. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. So, Lisa Canning, creator of Conquer Your Calendar, formerly an interior designer, and most importantly, wife and mama of eight. You got it. Recent immigrant to the United States. Is that yes. an appropriate m- word when you move from Canada? Yeah, I think so. That, that is technically true. Yeah, my parents immigrated It's a different country. Canada. Did you know that? Fun they have fact. a completely different set of laws and constitutional setup, and yeah. they still have a queen. <laughs> there is all of that. Um, Lisa, are there other fun facts that you like to share about yourself when being introduced? Oh, I would love to. I am a former competitive cheerleader. Go Rams go. I went to Ryerson University. Um, fun fact, I can still play the violin, the muscle memory in my fingers from like a million years of lessons from my parents. Thank you, Archie and Juliet Santos for funding all of that. <laughs> I picked up the violin the other day and, uh, um, I still have that muscle memory and I love the show 30 Rock. It's fascinating. I got into 30 Rock way after it had aired live. And it is so funny to watch it now in our current modern climate. So many of the jokes would be edited out today. It's fascinating. So those are some fun random tidbits about me, but I'm very happy to be here and excited to dive into our conversation today. Interesting. Thanks for sharing those fun facts. Those are good ones. So Lisa, we are really excited to talk to you about Ideal Weeks because As Joseph and I have been trying to understand what it means to live a life of missionary discipleship, um, it means that you have to manage your time well and know what is important. And Also, we want to run a household. Yeah, running a household and all of these things. Want to is a strong word. Have to. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, they, They go better when... There's a clarity in vision and purpose, and when uh, there's practical calendar time priority understanding. And I encountered your work through another mutual person, Anna Saucier, when you were talking with her with her community about Conquer Your Calendar, which is your little program, and. I was telling Joseph and I, we were kind of looking at it a little together before earlier today, and I was telling him, you know, the first module really goes into vision and purpose and barriers and just getting a picture of what's going on. And he said, so it's kind of like laying a foundation and clearing out the rubble. I was like, yeah. And then I said, and the second module is kind of like, is where you figure out what needs to go into your calendar and you put it there. And he said, so it's kind of like building I said, yeah. And then the third module is kind of like 
Uh, oh, I said the third department is like, yeah, maintaining things. It's, it's like maintaining the building, right? Uh, would you say that's a fair sort of summary? Of- yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, I, I, time management for me is so much more than just time. It really comes down to priorities. And people ask me all the time, like, oh, my gosh, you get eight kids and you run a business from home. Like, how on earth do you make time for anything? And my answer is always I'm very acutely aware of what needs to be made time for and what maybe doesn't. And so we all have the same number of hours in a day. The quality of life of our lives is really going to be measured by how we use our time well. And so I'm deeply passionate about this uh, topic. And yeah, that's definitely a fair assessment. Um, You can save time, but if you save time and then spend doing it the wrong, spend time and then do the wrong things with that newfound free time, that doesn't really interest me. What interests me are people living out activities that will help them live their most ideal life and help them be on mission, whatever that mission is they feel called to do. Yeah, I love that. So can we talk for a minute about the idea of an ideal week and how that relates to this um, proper prioritization of time? Because I know Joseph and I think the first time, well, I don't know about for you, for the first time I encountered the idea of an ideal week is in Michael Hyatt's work and his, he has the full focus planner was something that we were addressed, um, introduced to. And um, and that has in it the space for an ideal week and he sort of workshops through like, what does it look like to, to time block, right? To take a chunk of time of your days and to say, how do we spend time here? How do we spend time there? Um, is there, do you know where the ideal week comes from or yeah, what, what is it? Can you just tell us more about that? Yeah, definitely. I also stumbled upon the concept of an ideal week from Michael Hyatt as well. Back in the day, like I have been a long time follower of Michael Hyatt. He was actually the person who really, um, my, you know, my career journey was many, many years. I practiced interior design and um, but had a whole bunch of children at the same time. And the larger my family grew, the larger my interior design business grew. And I just found it increasingly more difficult to keep up. And that's when I started seeking out anything I could find on time management, on productivity. And Michael Hyatt was one of the first people who introduced me to the concept of an ideal week. But what I found so interesting, this is not to knock Michael Hyatt, the man has influenced my life. I have been blessed to meet him and be interviewed by him. He's an incredible man. Um, But I just remember thinking, oh, wow, you as a grandpa, you know, he would talk about how like we rest is so important and we need to nap and I'd be like, you as a grandpa have the luxury to nap. I'm not napping with my, you know, now eight children around me all day long. And so why I think an ideal week is so important and why I think it's so important and vital for everyone to master the art of an ideal week is because it can allow you to thrive in whatever season you are in. And so what's an ideal week? An ideal week is essentially an approach to intentionality on how you spend every single day. Uh, The way Michael Hyatt teaches it, I teach it in a very similar approach, is that you are putting blocks of time and assigning those blocks of time to a specific task. So for example, you might have a morning routine between 7 and 8 a.m. And then maybe you are um, going into some kind of a deep work period between 8 and 10 a.m. Maybe you take a break to exercise between 10 and 11 um, somebody like myself, maybe will go to daily mass between, you know, 11 and, and, um, one, that kind of a thing where basically every 
chunk of your day is dedicated to a specific activity. So the question I always get asked is, oh, that's so rigid. I would say I stifling. Love, yes, right? I love spontaneity. I don't want to plan every single minute of every uh, you know moment of my day. I go with the flow, Lisa. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But where I, where, I, where I love to challenge my clients and, and the students who take my signature program, Conquer Your Calendar, is that there is so much freedom. There is so much freedom when you know at any given moment in the day, this is what I'm supposed to do. When you know that all your priorities have been accounted for, when you know that there are appointments in your calendar that will ensure that every single priority in your life is taken into account. So your marriage, your spiritual and mental and physical health, your time with your kids, any pursuits that you do that contribute to your um, income or any hobbies, when you know those are all captured and they all have a place, you can truly be in any situation anywhere in the world and feel the freedom just to be there. When When I wrote my book, The Possibility Mom, I did a series of interviews and one of the interviews I'll never forget, um, you know, she turned to me and said, how do you know that you have achieved work-life balance? And I remember feeling so um, kind of just like struck by that question because I had never truly had to articulate that before. And the answer came so quickly to me in that moment. And what came out of my mouth is what I think we should all strive for. When you feel no guilt wherever you are. Mm. And I think this becomes even more important in the conversation of being a missionary disciple, because I think it can, anything can feel, especially if you are similar to me, where you've got a bunch of kids, where you're married and you feel divided between maybe potentially like me, many different small human beings. Uh, But regardless of your family size, it can feel easy. Even, uh, you know, any pursuits, good pursuits can feel guilty. You can feel guilty pursuing them like work of um, being a missionary disciple. You know, you might think, oh, there's no way I could host like a Bible study or there's no way I could host an alpha that would take me away from my family. You know, there's just no way I could do that. Well, what if you ensured you had appointments in your calendar where you showed up for your marriage in a regular date night, where you showed up for one-on-one dates with your kids throughout the week, where you put your phone away between 4 and 6 p.m. every single day to ensure that you're not multitasking and you can be available to your family? What if those things were in place first and, and you were able to fit other things around those key priorities? And actually, let me just contradict myself. Our identity as missionary disciples, that should be one of those main time blocks in our calendar. It might look different depending on the stage of life that you're in. You know, perhaps it's not possible for you to every single week host something at your local church. But I'll be honest with you, we're in this time of great flexibility in the coronavirus reality where you can do something like an alpha online, where you can host a small group Um, Bible study, where you can host a faith study, where you can host anything faith-related on Zoom (laughs) with great efficacy. I think this is one of the beautiful gifts of this time of pandemic. We have had to be dynamic and diverse in the way that we are missionary. It is not enough that we think about being missionary. It has to be followed up in action. And so that's why I think an ideal week is so vital because you can actually capture missionary disciple-like activities. 
And perhaps you've never thought about it, that there is a connection between this identity and actions. But that's why I'm so sold on an Ivy Week, because it forces you to put action to the person you want to be. Mm. Yeah, I love that. It, there, it's interesting. It's just occurring to me that there can be almost like, and there's the creating the ideal week, and then there's sort of auditing, am I actually living it? And there's sort of an examination of conscience sort of baked in there, right? Am I living out? Am I practicing what I preach or what I have said is important? And I was revisiting my notes this morning from when I went through Conquer Your Calendar and and seeing, you know, what are the things that I said were import, important and, and Joseph and I are sort of reevaluating the ideal week calendar that, that I made at the beginning of this academic school year to say, are we actually living this out and, and what does that look like? And were we missing things where we're like, I feel less than I ought to feel. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm not doing that which I'm called to do. Or I'm doing things that I don't think I need to be doing. Mm-hmm. And there was something that you said um, that I wanted to talk more about. That is definitely not enough to go on. Uh, um, Expand on everything, Lisa. <laughs> please. Maybe it'll come back to me later. Shoot. I had... So I don't, I don't know when we want to dive into different kinds of questions. But one of the things that I've been wondering, Crystal adopted an ideal week before I did. And so I was going, you know, sort of randomly throughout my weeks. And she was trying to have a lot of structure. I'm sure that happens not just to us. We're not the only slightly dysfunctional family. But, but I wonder when we're surrounded by people who are not living the life that they want to live or not living with that kind of intentionality and regularity and clarity, how, how much does that affect us? How much do we let that affect us? So yes, this is very common. And um, I see it all the time in the women that I coach. And, and to be honest, I see that resistance in the women that I coach themselves, not their spouses. Like it's just, um, it, it's a reality that it can be, a difficult thing. I think there's a couple things involved. Number one, any new skill is going to take rewiring, right? So it's going to take a little bit of um, faith to say, I'm going to try something new that feels unsafe, but then make it safe by actually doing it and trying it. So that's number one. Number two, I think it also requires people to have the hard conversation of, okay, well, what is important to me? And to have to look at, you know, very clearly in the mirror and be like, am I actually living the life I want? And that can be a difficult conversation, obviously, to have. Um, You know, it's interesting because I can see in Conquer Your Calendar what point people make it up to and then where they kind of fall off. And it is at the exercise where I have you actually go through the nuts and bolts of making an ideal week because it is a little bit of a mountain to climb. It is a bit of a mountain to climb to make order out of what was once chaos, of course. But if people can just very incrementally one step, one time block, one pathway to freedom, truly, and have that end thought in mind that this exercise, while it's mucky and, you know, kind of annoying or challenging to do, on the other side of this, um, you know, this ridge, this this out of the trench, like getting out of this trench is going to be freedom. 
And so, yeah, I just think it requires a little bit of faith and then a little bit of skill building um, and, um, and the mindset to, to believe that change is possible. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So there's a couple of things in my mind. One is um, wanting to go down the road of hashing out more what that looks like to like pursue that ideal while realizing that we're not actually going to achieve it because I think that's important and I want to come back to that but before we go down that road I want to talk a little bit more of this when the people around us either aren't believing the change that is possible even while we're pursuing it or there's a discord or a disconnect between spouses I think one of the things I struggled with was like how do I share with Joseph what it is I'm trying to do and like at some points I've tried to make ideal weeks for him. <laughs> she has. But then also realizing that like if he doesn't want that, then it doesn't actually matter, right? Um, yeah. So I'm trying to see if there's like a question in here. Like have you seen with some of your clients where they're, they are experiencing that discord, especially like as they're trying to pursue in hope something ideal and, and the people around them aren't. Are there people that have had – like great success in mm-hmm. sharing and spreading that to more members of their household or people that they're close to. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, this is a very common question I get asked by students in Conquer Calendar. And what I would say is that we can only control our reactions. We can't control the reactions of anybody else. We can't control the behavior. We can't control anything else, truly. Really, all, the only thing we can control are our reactions to any given situation. But I would say, to be honest, I have advised moms I've coached to make an ideal calendar for their spouses. My husband and I, we do this together all the time. It is it is my skill set. It is my strategy. It is my special sauce to do this. It gives me so much life. And um, we've done it time and time and time again. So uh, to be honest, like this is the guidance I've given is do your own, work on your own first, work on yourself first. See what happens with that. Oftentimes people will, um, like the momentum in the house, the the ripple effect of a mom working on herself first can be very um, huge, like really, truly huge, especially when a mom is calm. That's probably the biggest, just to go on a very small tangent. Uh, You really want to change the world, like change your house and change yourself. And let's start with you being calm. Um. And then I, I have zero issue. I think, honestly, it can be really helpful and a great service for somebody in humility, of course, and that's a whole other set of skills to do, but in humility suggest, hey, you know, we've been talking about what we want to do as a family. We've been talking about what would be an amazing rallying cry for this season of our lives. I've come up with some ideas of what this looks like practically. Can I share them with you? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's it when everything is about a shared goal, a shared vision, a shared mission, um, you know, I, I, people will get on board in my humble opinion. You know, now, if your vision of the future is not the same, if your vision of the future looks very different, then, of course, there's more that has to be unpacked there. But um, I think that when we can get buy in from anybody in our home that is a wonderful strategy to use in order to get an entire house on some kind of an ideal week calendar i love that 
Okay, so then the other thing that I wanted to go back to, do you remember it? No. That I said there were two things and the first thing. The how? You were asking about the how. Like how do you actually create a calendar? Is that your question? Oh, yeah. Well, and specifically, so I think one of the things we struggle with in our house is perfectionism. And I, I think this is pretty common. Some of us struggle culturally. with it. Culturally. Some of us just achieve it. Um. <laughs> Right where we have this sort of, we want to like have this presentable picture of how put together we are. And so we make this ideal week, but then if we can't live up to it, then we kind of throw it out, throw out the baby with the bathwater, right? And so in terms of actually working towards accomplishing an ideal week, um, one of the things I loved about going through Conquer Your Calendar is it was the first time that I actually sat down and like tried to write out discreetly all of the things that I want to fit in. And then started trying to put them in. And and one of the things we're coming back to right now is we're reevaluating that is what are the anchors? Like what are the things like, okay, my ideal week isn't going to go as planned, maybe ever, <laughs> right? But the closer that I can get it, the better. And and we're finding like, for example, the morning routine and the evening routine for us are, are anchors to success for everywhere else. Would you say, as a rule, those are particular pieces that are an important place to start, or is there something else, or is it just that there you choose a thing um, in terms of getting over the fact that your ideal week isn't going to be lived out perfectly tomorrow? I begin everything with a conversation on legacy. Like, what do you want? At the end of your life, how do you want to be remembered and how do you want the people in your life to describe you and describe what you did um, to impact them? And so if you want to be described at the end of your life as a loving and patient wife, then we need to have these anchors in our um, calendars that will allow that to be made possible. So for example, mm. an anchor for us in our week calendar is our weekly date night. It is a non-negotiable. It is never moved. It is, you know, if it has to be moved for a very specific reason, it's moved, like meaning it's not canceled. It is moved. And even during the pandemic, it was something that we showed up for. We would set the table outside sometimes. We would light candles. We would order in like fancy food. We did whatever it took to make that at-home date night feel special. Um, and that is a huge anchor for us. Um, so I would say the morning and the evening routine, um, why perhaps for you guys, why you've made those an anchor is it pro they probably contain things that will help you with your legacy. So, for example, you probably have some kind of faith practice element in your morning or evening routine, which is why it's an anchor for you. But for me, it's not necessarily like when the time block is, but it's the what is the time block. So if you want to be remembered as someone who gave their life to Jesus and was committed to spreading the good news of the gospel with others then we have to have blocks in our calendar that will make that to be true. Mm -hmm. And so what does that look like? We know that if we're going to share Jesus with others, we have to love him and know him ourselves. And so that means time in the word. That means time with the sacraments. That means um, other expressions of our faith practice. And those need to be in the calendar somewhere. So for example, daily mass. I know it's at noon where I live. That means I need to back it up 15 minutes to get there. Um, it means that I'm probably, you know, occupied until about 1 p.m. So I'm not booking things in that time and I'm giving myself enough buffer before and after. 
um, in a morning routine. It might look like um, reading the Bible for 15 minutes a day. It might be sitting there in quiet meditation for another 15 minutes. This might sound impossible as a mother, but can I please tell you it is, it is possible. It is possible. Um, and then to this word of perfectionism, I, I just sort of, it, it's, it's just not necessary. Like we, the, the, the structure is there to give us freedom, but it's the, the goal of an ideal week is not that you are like on a timer or like living monastically where it's a bell and then you must move on to the next activity that unless you are living a monastic life, um, you're not living that way. I had a spiritual director once who advised me to live monastically, but my bells are different. So my bells are a, a toddler who is throwing a tantrum. My bells are a newborn who needs to nurse. I may have put in the ideal week calendar, I'm going to do emails between 9 a.m. and 10 a.m., but then a child, you know, throws up on the floor or um, I need to go to school because my child forgot their lunch or what have you. It doesn't mean like, oh, my idol week is ruined. Like, who cares? And maybe the word ideal is not a good word for you. Perhaps it's mm. a trigger for you. But my point is, is that you have scheduled a time block for emails that's going to get accounted for. If something happens that derails that activity from taking place, you have the freedom or the choice even. If somebody says, hey, I want to, like, you know, like I'm, I'm in town. Can we get together for coffee? You have the choice to say, I'm so sorry, I have a prior commitment, or you have the choice to say, okay, I'll move that time block of emails somewhere else so that I can be free to be spontaneous. I think that's also too why I always teach in Conquer Your Calendar the value of margin to ensure mm. that there is actually margin scheduled so that you have intentional blocks of time where you either get to do whatever you want in that block or they can account for the inevitable things in life, especially when you have young children that will come up. Yeah, that makes, reminds me of the thing that I forgot earlier of this, this question of it doesn't, it feels so stifling to have everything time blocked out. When in reality, if, if everything is spontaneous, then nothing is spontaneous. Um, whereas if we have a plan and a structure and then something else comes up, like you said, we get to make the choice and it's that choosing that is the spontaneity as opposed to the just always flying by the seat of my pants and being pulled in every which way. Here's what I'll say. If flying by the seat of your pants works for you and you feel peace in that and there you are not dropping the ball on commitments and you are not dropping the ball on the things that are important to you, if that works for you, then be my guest. But reality has shown me and in the hundreds of women who I have encountered in my work of the possibility mom, it's just simply not the case. I, I have not really met anyone who has said to me like, oh, I don't miss anything or I, I, uh, I, I truly feel like I'm living my purpose out fully. Uh, I've um, seen this. Has... Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's, go ahead. Uh, the few times I've talked with men about talking to people about hopes and dreams and then challenging them to talk to people in their lives about their hopes and dreams. They'll ask their wives about the, their hopes and dreams. And pretty much invariably, the wife will start to cry because she never made the time for the things that she really hoped for or dreamt of. And it's just like they, they flew by the seat of their pants and they did what needed to be done in each moment. 
and reacted each moment and never took the time to ask the question of legacy about uh, where this is all going. And, I mean, praise God that they're having conversations about this now, but the, the freedom to actually take steps to become who we think we ought to be, that's huge. Mm-hmm. May I, may, I, may I make an observation? Please. So I was thinking about Genesis 1 because my head never really leaves Genesis. Anyway, and thinking, like, for God, it was so simple. Let there be light, and there was light. Let there be these two different bodies of water. Let there be animals. Like, he said it, it happened. And that's not our reality. Like, we can say, I'm going to live this way, and then in the moment... You know, day five, where are the fish and birds? (laughs) You know, that didn't happen. But I was thinking about this, and St. Augustine says, you know, the act of creation is actually less than the act of the recreation that comes in Christ. The redemption of humanity is actually a greater thing than just the creation. And so when we're talking about reordering our lives— we're talking about a redemption of our time, and that is a greater work because it's taking something that is messy and not well thought out and imposing an order that is good. You know, hierarchy, right? Hierarchy means a holy order. But to, to impose a holy order upon something that is an unholy mess, <laughs> that, that's a lot harder than saying, here's a blank slate, You've never done anything in your life. Go. Um, that That's easy, but that's not how we live. We, we have a whole history of weeks behind us where we weren't who we wanted to be, and we were much less than who we wanted to be. And so to say we're, we're actually engaging in this work of becoming who we are called to be, that, that is a larger work. So it clicked in this conversation. Like That makes sense about why this doesn't come naturally. This is this is something that actually will take quite a bit more work. So I just wanted to make that observation. And and it needs to be re- redone in every season. You know, I'll just share with you something very uh, interesting. I'll share with you an observation. So um, I, in times of great change, will always redo my calendar. So, for example, when we moved down here to Florida from Toronto, Canada, we left behind a lot of our network. We left behind a full-time nanny who was of great help to our family. And I had a very difficult time when we moved here finding reliable childcare. That's a whole other story, but I just couldn't, it just was not happening. So I learned I had to get very reliant on um, myself, my husband, my kids, and find new ways of doing things. So I decided to redo my calendar using what I teach in Conquer Calendar. And I could not believe, I I decided to do it in real time and open it up for people to watch. And it was fascinating. People held on to the bitter end. Like it was a four hour plus webinar that I started at, I want to say 8 p.m. and went past midnight. And people were so interested and intrigued and curious. And I did one recently just this past um uh, like just as things were opening up again here in Florida post pandemic. Um, and, and, and I'm now in a place where I have a bit more babysitting and different, different, um, tools that way. And it was very similar experience where people were just, they, they just stayed on (laughs) every minute. There was every minute was watched. 
and it, it's they're watching something divine, right? The, our ability to say what we're going to do and then do it that that's an attribute of the the divine. So they're they're watching you participate in being made in the image and likeness of God and living that out, right? That that's a spellbinding thing. I love it. That's so fascinating. I have never thought about me making my calendar as an act that is divine, but you are very correct. And and I think the thing that we're we're saying here is that it may seem hard. It may seem foreign. It may seem impossible. But the pursuit of it is good. And the pursuit of it will yield something very fruitful. Mm. So, and this after you know pulling genesis in and talking about how this is divine this feels like a little bit of a silly resurfacing question but i think it's an important one when i think about creating an ideal weekend like having gone through conquer your calendar and going back through it, i think this is going to take it's it's going to take some hard work and some creativity and maybe a two to four hour chunk of time to figure it out plus maybe some stressful conversations with my husband that's me and, and feeling like, oh, is it really worth it to do that work? <laughs> and so could you speak a little bit to, okay, so if I have to find half a day, ha- like half a work day to like create this in this new season of life, how, like, what are the dividends of that in the following weeks? And like, how long is the payout on that work? If I'm feeling like, I don't know if it's really worth it. Oh yeah. Like after you did the four plus hour marathon of creating the week, when did you start seeing benefits and how long have you been seeing benefits from that? Is that a way to rephrase? Yeah. Great. Immediately. Oh, no. (laughs) I just, I I really, sometimes when I coach clients and I ask them, okay, describe to me your ideal life. If I, if you were to wave a magic wand or if I were to wave a magic wand and, you know, your life is as, as ideal or as exhilarating, or you just feel so aligned with God's mission for your life. Like, what does that look like? And sometimes, and even myself, it's like, well, I don't know. That's a great question, but I have no idea. But if I turn around and ask you, okay, tell me when your life is really painful and you never want to do again. People are like this, 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 this. It's much easier to look to the pain because it's acute. It's there. It's like a scab. It's frustrating. Like, just give you an example. One example I used to have, I don't have this currently, but like using the car, my husband and I would constantly get into arguments about like, no, 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 today's Wednesday. Don't you remember? I have this appointment. I told you about this 500 years ago. I have it on the calendar. Like, you know, um, uh, you don't check the calendar. We have a shared calendar. How can we have a check it? Like just all those kinds of things. Um, I'm trying to think of another example. Um, date night. And before it would be like, you know, oh, yeah, we really have to go on a date night. Like, when are we going to do that? Oh, yeah, I guess like, I don't know. I guess we'll just maybe like figure it out. Like it could be on this day. And then, of course, that day comes around if it's, you know, and and it comes and goes. And then the resentment happens. Well, you said we were going to go on a date night. Well, I know, but we said we would figure it out when we would do it. Well, we never figured it out. Well, whose fault is that? When you have this all captured in a calendar. (laughs) When it's recorded, regardless if your spouse is on board or not, if you have in your calendar date night with my husband and you share with him, hey, husband, I want to date you. 
And I think Wednesday could be a good day. What do you think? If they say, oh, no, sorry, I'm busy on Wednesday. Oh, well. You have gone through the exercise of when you can make time. Guess what? You can be like, okay, well, is Tuesday a more conducive evening for you? And you can shift whatever you want on Tuesday and move it over to Wednesday. I just, the benefits are immediate. And honestly, the difference to me is, do you live a life in pain, frustration, and constantly feeling behind? Or do you want to live a life that feels free, that feels fun, that feels like you're on mission, that feels aligned with what you're called to do? What do you want? I I would take the second one. (laughs) But truly, the results can be immediate. But perhaps the thing that we can, you know, touch on here is, well, what if you can't execute it well? So meaning... You make an ideal week, but then um, this this is a question I get asked a lot. So um, my block of time to work is between 9 and 11.30 a.m. 9 o'clock comes around. The babysitter is here. I'm still giving her instructions. The kids are knocking on the door. Um, uh, you know, all of a sudden now it's 9.30 and then I sit down to work, but I'm like, oh, like I'm so stressed and frustrated. I'm going on Instagram for five minutes. That five minutes becomes 30. So maybe, maybe um, if somebody came to me with a problem like that, I'd be like, okay, perhaps we need more buffer. So perhaps you need a 10 minute buffer of when your babysitter arrives and when you fall into work um, for that transition period. Maybe you need to not bring your cell phone into your office with you so that you avoid all temptation. Maybe you need to um, develop the skills of being focused and going into deep work. There are all kinds of things. uh, You know, I, I talk about this quite a bit, um, on my blog, lisacanning.ca, and if you follow me on Instagram at Lisa Canning, I, this is a thing I'm very passionate about, how you can be more productive. I've got eight children, my friends, eight children. I do not have time <laughs> to not be productive with blocks of time that I do have that are reserved to be productive. My point in all of this is that the pursuit of the week, and then perhaps you need to tweak it, perhaps you need to change it in seasons, that is all okay. But to, to go for it and declare, this is what's important to me. This is what's going to hold space and time. Things that do not fit. I am so sorry. I cannot participate. Bless you. But you have the freedom. Nothing is, um, is, is, uh, you, it, it, it's all intentional. Nothing is haphazard. I love that. So maybe, um, before we wrap up here, could you speak one of the things that is sort of implied in what you said that I'd love to speak, um, hear you talk about just a little bit is the importance of the evaluation, right? And this is sort of that maintenance piece that the third module of Conquer Your Calendar is about is, okay, so I've made this ideal week. I've tried to live it out. I'm learning things along the way that aren't working, but I can fine tune. I can make adjustments. Can you talk just a little bit about how do we do that? What does that look like? How frequently does that need to happen? How do you remember, <laughs> you know, what what needs to be adjusted? Okay, a couple of very practical um, practical things I'd love to share that I know you guys are very much in alignment. And, and it's this whole notion of a family meeting or a, you know, just a time when you're coming together with your spouse um, and you are getting on the same page about life, about what you're working on in a particular season. And so what I teach in Conquer Your Calendar is that every single week you are reviewing your calendar. If you're not married, you're just reviewing it on your own. Um, but if you're married, you're, you're reviewing the week ahead with your spouse. And in this meeting, um, you can also talk about what didn't work last week. Like, was it 
too exhausting because you book too many things back to back? Was it um, not fun because you didn't put the things in the calendar that you know give you life and energy? You can make these um, evaluations um, at any time, but it's really important to actually schedule. So I would say at minimum, once a week, you're, you're just taking stock. And then of course, I really like to follow Greg McEwen um, from Essentialism, his idea of the uh, 90 day review. So every quarter, you're basically taking a look at, you know, what are we, um, how did we feel? Uh, what are we, what's coming up in the quarter ahead? Um, so that's a really practical tool is to uh, have a weekly evaluation of your week and the 90 day review I really like. And then the second practical skill I'd love to, you know, leave you with or, or discuss is the concept of deep work. Deep work is a book by Cal Newport, and it's, it's simply this concept of you stay in one activity and one activity alone with the sole purpose of moving that activity forward um, in a very intentional way. So, for example, um, I have periods in my week where I create content, uh, things like this, uh, recording a podcast or um, creating a YouTube video. I have the temptation, especially when I'm editing YouTube, to like watch something in the background or, oh, I'm just going to like catch up on what was on Jimmy Fallon last night and I'll like play it in a separate screen while I'm trying to edit. That never works. I'm always distracted by what's happening over here on Jimmy Fallon or um, it's taking me twice as long because I'm simply not focused. And so to develop a discipline, uh, which for me, to be honest, has had to be developed. I am not a by nature disciplined person, I would say. It is number 34 on my strength finder assessment is literally the last one. Um, and so to uh, develop the skill of deep work where you really are only focusing on one activity at a time with the purpose of moving that goal forward is really helpful. And then I guess the final thing I'll say, since I've mentioned Strength Finder, it, knowing your strength, knowing your innate makeup, having an understanding of your, you know, your spiritual gifts, um, spiritual, spiritual gifts inventory, like your, just your personality, your temperament can be also really helpful in understanding how to structure a week and how to move things forward because you, you, you'll you'll have a sense of what your hangups are going to be or what are the things that might be problematic for you um, based on your unique makeup. So the more we know about ourselves and the more that we can study ourselves, I think the more we can um, really kickstart our success and our movement towards a most ideal life. I love it. Very cool. Thank you, Lisa. Oh, it's my pleasure. I love spending time with you guys. And I, I just think it's, these are important conversations to have. These are skills that are not taught. Yeah. They're just not really taught. Like when you think about it, I don't know if you remember, or we have a similar experience, but I remember growing up like grade six, grade six was the year you got an agenda at school. And I remember it was like the coolest thing ever that you got an agenda where you could write things down. But then I remember we were never taught how to use them. Mm -hmm. Like you were copying homework from the board you were like, I don't know, like there were other random things in it. But I remember having this aha that like I was never really taught what to do with all these little blocks of time that were written in there. And I just think it's, it's especially in the modern age where we have so much ability to be distracted. 
like it's just there are compared to 50 years ago distractions are around literally every single corner and so we have to develop the skills in order to design intentional lives uh, so that we can be the people that god has called us to be i think having an agenda in high school made me afraid of agendas for a while because i could look and say this this was blank because i did nothing of any merit in it this is blank because i did nothing of any merit in it this is blank because I did nothing of any merit in it. And just realizing as I would look at an agenda and say, I don't know what to put in and I don't know what should come out. And knowing like this is a tool that is well beyond my reach, but it is so amazing that you are putting it in with it within people's reach. And so real quick, should we have you list ways people can Unpack you. with you yeah. all of this. Because oh, yes, you are teaching it. Oh, you guys are the best. So, yes, uh, Conquer Your Calendar is my signature program. Um, you can visit the link that I'll give to these guys, uh, to Crystal and Joseph. So that'll be in, um, in order to learn. Notes. Yeah, absolutely. So that'll be in the show notes. Um, and, of course, you can learn more about me and my approach to um, life with eight kids and um, my coaching and speaking and my book, The Possibility Mom, over at lisacanning.ca and at Lisa Canning on Instagram. Very and cool. I'm also just going to give a shout out. Lisa's really fun to work with as a coach. I did that in the spring and it was great. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to close us in prayer. Thank you. In the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time with Lisa. Thank you for um, her taking the time to to learn what to do with an agenda, to learn how to spend time well, um, but also to um, give us tools not only in creating um, that time and space, but also to know how to discern what it ought to be filled with. Lord, I just I lift up to you um, anybody that might be listening, that they would um, be inspired and have hope for a continued um, direction and ability to achieve the dreams that you have put on our hearts. We ask all this in your holy name. Amen. And in the name of the Father, and of Amen. the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Before we go, I have a question. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Joseph, what have you noticed in your wife that is different as a result oh. of some of the work that she's been doing? She's a lot more calm. Oh. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> and she, she's been doing more things that she wants to do which has also been pretty cool because she's a woman of many passions. And I was afraid the first few years that we were married, that marrying me killed her in her passions uh, because she was not finding the time or making the time to be the woman that she wanted to be and that I knew she was. And she's doing a lot more of it now. Okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. And what has that done for your family? Uh, made it much more enjoyable to be around her. <laughs> <laughs> there were moments recently where he's just looked at me and said, you're back. And I've been able to communicate to him like, because he yeah, has expressed this fear that it was getting married, that that was the nail in the coffin of Crystal. And I've been able to communicate like, no, I just, I didn't have the skills. Like you said, I didn't have the skills to do things in the context of marriage and family life. And I've been seeking them, and that's made a big difference. It's a skill that everyone can learn. Yeah. 
Amazing. I love it so much. All right, guys, thank you so much for this conversation. Thank, thank you, Lisa. Lisa. Have bye. a great conversation in 30 seconds or so. <laughs> okay, guys, bye. Okay. Bye. bye.